five, four, three, Come, little children, I'll take thee away into the land of so what? Who cares? (laughs) Hocus Pocus, Spooky Halloween. Three days until Halloween, the best day of the year. Oh, it's going to be a great day. I don't know if I'm going to have a nephew by then. I hope you have it on then. I'm going to be an auntie. Wait, we did say our predictions on one episode. I think you said the 27th and I said the 31st. Crazy. There's going to be a baby boy up in here soon. We're so excited. Sage is actually going to be a real aunt instead of pretending to be everybody else's auntie. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. My toes are curled. He's going to call you Auntie Saggy. No, he's going (laughs) to. I already said Auntie Auntie Sagey. Sag. Don't do that to me. TT Saggy. Don't people call their aunts TT? You're TT Saggy. I have an aunt named TT. Yeah, TT Saggy. I'm not being saggy. <laughs> Fuck. Donna's fucking, fucking flowing. And there goes the fucking garage door. This is a shit show, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. I'm well, not well, being called Titty least... Saggy. Fuck You're that. going in my phone as TT Saggy now. I'm not going in anything as that. Auntie TT Saggy. Everybody used to bully me and call me Sag when I was a kid. This episode is brought to you in part by. Absolutely nobody in this fucking world. Thank you. Okay, so um, yeah, that's always send in your stories. <laughs> Is it going? Yeah. Okay. All right. Should we just fucking get into it? Yeah. Let's get into the fucked up facts. All right. You want to go first? Mm-hmm. I'll go first. Okay. More than seven thousand people die annually due to the doctor's bad handwriting. Oh, oh, like for prescriptions? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Or like in a hospital, yeah, 7,000 people. That's kind of crazy. Guys, two weeks ago, what? now, my grandfather died. Oh, my God. And came back to life. Oh, my God. I'm not going to get into that story now because it's a long story, but he died and they brought him back to life because they gave him too much of one drug. That's right. They did. Yeah. So. But they brought him back and he's yeah, still they here. Yeah, Eating Pepsi and hot dogs for the for the remainder of time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you want to hear my fucked up fact? Yeah. Well, today Kaylee and I watched a really fucked up show on Hulu, mm. and um, it was like Child Brides, and it was like pretty disturbing. So that triggered... and it just randomly popped up when we put on yeah. Hulu. It was like Child Brides. We're like, well, fuck it, let's watch. Yeah, it. we're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. We're like hungover last night, guys. Oh god. We, we were Matilda and Trunchbull last yeah, night. And we will be posting photos, don't you worry. Yes. If you already saw our Insta, you would see a little bit of a glimpse of it. A little sneak peek. But anyways, we were like, let's just watch it. So I decided to look up where the youngest, where like legally kids can get married with parental consent in the country. What state is the youngest age, okay? And I'm shocked. I'm shocked by this. What state has the youngest marriage age? It's Massachusetts. Massachusetts has the lowest minimum marriage age with parental consent of 14 years old for boys and 12 years old for girls. So far. Some states have separate minimum ages for males and females with or without parental consent. So that's fucked up. Here's the thing. That show was forced marriages. Yeah. That we watched. So that means the parents signed away their kids. Now, Sometimes kids that want to be married to an older man and parents, I still don't agree with any of it. I just think that depending on the age of the two people, but your frontal lobe is not even developed until you're like 25, which means that your decision making is not even there. So you should not even have the right to get married unless you're over the age of 18. I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's just crazy to me. It 12 is. years old? No, thank you. Yeah, no, Anyways, is. pick your fucking poison. Sorry to be so dark with that one. <laughs> this world's crazy. Okay. All right, I got mine. Okay. Would you rather flatten a field of puppies with a steamroller <gasps> or... Eat a puppy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, my God. Fly in a field of puppies with a steamroller and eat one? Okay, let's be honest okay, here. Okay, you'd have to eat one. I'd have to eat one. Yeah. Because I'm one not going to kill a bunch. Sacrifice one 
for all. I'm going to go to a, for the a place in the world where culturally they eat them. And I'm going to say, just make it how you make it so I can just be culturally sensitive. And I'll eat one puppy if I have to. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so bad. Loved it. Loved every second of it. Okay. Okay. So first things first, one thing I want to mention that I've been wanting to bring up a few episodes and I keep forgetting is buying a drink for the person behind you. Mm-hmm. You know, you love it when somebody does this. And I've, I, it happened to me not too long ago. And I was like, okay, I want to mention this on the podcast and just be like, everybody should do it for one person. And then I was like telling Sage about it and we were in the McDonald's line. Yeah, I was fucking starving. I was like, I just need something. I need a Cokey and something. So we went up to the drive-thru and the woman at the drive-thru, I couldn't understand what the hell she, she was, was like, saying. She was like mumbling. She was like, yeah, she's never been, she hasn't been to McDonald's in a long time. And I was like, what? She's like, oh, the lady behind you. And I was like, oh, she hasn't? Oh. And I just handed her my card and I said, what's she getting? She's like, oh, two cheeseburgers and a Coke. And I was like, okay, I'll pay for it. And then when we drove up, we watched in our rearview mirror, like her reaction to us saying like, we we're going to pay for our food. And it was like Macaulay Culkin. Yes, it was. It was like, so funny. So cute. So I hope that we made her day. So and it's kind of nice to see too. someone's face for a little bit. Yeah. Like we were socially distanced, obviously in separate yeah. cars, but yeah. just to see someone smile on their face because you don't get to see that in the stores anymore. Yep. It was really mask. cool. So we pay were- it forward. Anyways, this episode is mainly ghost stories. Let's keep moving. Um, so last week I brought up forking. And oh, Sage you did. was like, what is forking? Yep. So everyone knows what TPing is. And I assumed everybody knew what forking was. But forking is when you take a bunch of forks and you stick them in the yard. Like plastic forks? Well, plastic forks. Just stick them all in. Me, Ka- It was me and Cassidy for sure. And I don't know, another one of her friends or something. We took a bunch of forks. <laughs> and we went up to the Hobbs house. <gasps> This is when we were really young. I'm pretty sure Donna drove us there and we stuck forks all over the yard. We were friends oh with God. Josh. And um, then we took ketchup and mustard and like squirted it all over it everywhere. But I just wanted to mention that because I thought that was kind of funny. The I love thing. it. Yep. Ketchup, I mustard all I... over the forks right in the yard. We might have thrown it. They have a huge tree. I know we put some TP in it. And I remember looking back and being like that TP did absolutely nothing because I think we had like a half a roll left and the tree was so massive. I'm pretty sure we just got like on one corner. But I've had some, I've also saran wrapped a, a car, someone's car. Yeah. That was for fun. Some coworkers and I went and did it to another coworker's it, car. How do you get it open? You rip it. It comes off all easy, but I did have my car post-it noted. Oh, you did. Oh, I've seen that. Yep. When I was in high school, I woke up to my car being completely post-it noted and saran wrapped. Oh my God. Yes. It was a real treat. I have the picture. We'll put it up. We had a it's kid. like such old school, like you can tell it was like a flip flown camera, but they <laughs> like saran wrapped it first. So when I took it all off, it just came off in one big strip, oh, except nice. for the windows. The windows oh. I had to take each. And, well, some of them were like stuck together in a strip, but yep. So those are a bunch of my guy friends did that to me. It was great. I loved it. Somebody... And then I went back and I wrote um, with like window marker dick all over some guy's car. That's name was Richard. It was his name was Richard. And we did it with window marker. And the like, the parents were pissed. I was like, dude, it was a window marker. His name is Richard. Okay, he's a fucking dick. Well, somebody and- after they did that to my car. Okay, <laughs> I'm not over it. Whatever. It was fucking high school. So are we ready to start a little ghostly adventure? Let's do it. A big bulk of these mm-hmm. come from murderinos. Yep. Our murderinos. We're murderinos. Yeah, so we're we murderinos. Reaching out to murderinos and being like, hey, do you guys have any stories? I mean, everybody loves podcasts. When you're a murderino, you. Yeah, help one another out. That is like the the basis of being a murderino. I've been going back and forth on some of the murderino pages about starting a murderino marketplace or a stay sexy and swap shop. Stay sexy <laughs> swap and swap shop. shop. I love it because people keep like saying they have in the main one. Yep, they keep posting. Oh, like I have a I need a desk or a that or that. I'm like, let's do it. And then one day I commented on it. People were blowing it up. And then the next day another person made one. I was like, did you guys see this one from this? whatever murderino marketplace or stay sexy and swap shop let me know which one you want because i'm going to start a group but oh, here's our so first good. one sage you can read the first one that was sent in by a fan this was actually sent in by murderino and they sent it to uh my favorite murder but they didn't read it so mm-hmm. we got it so we're gonna read it now it's not haunting ghosty but it is very scary 
When my dad was a young man growing up in Sacramento, his brother was deathly ill with cerebral palsy. He was very much into diving, so he spent a lot of time at the public pool and park. Anyways, there was a girl that used to come to the park all the time with this darling little toddler. My dad had a crush on this girl, so he would hang out and buy ice creams for the baby for brownie points. Oh, of course. If we move forward a little bit in time, my great-grandmother was on her way to see my grandma, and she always took the back way. There was, in her words, some asshole blocking the road with their car running and doors wide open, no one inside, and a I'd-rather-be-dot-dot-dot sticker on the back. She made a mental note and went about her day. After serial killer Richard Chase, also known as the Vampire of Sacramento, was caught, they showed photos of the victims on TV and my grandma was talking to my grandfather while watching. My dad looked up at the screen and saw the baby he had been buying ice cream for. My grandparents couldn't believe it. My dad was devastated. He never saw the girl again at the park and has always wondered how she was to this day. My great-grandma, after hearing where the bodies were found, called the police after the request for any information that may help the case. She described the car that was blocking the road that day, and they found out that it belonged to Richard Chase. Oh, my God. My great-grandmother helped place him at the crime scene. She spent a good period sequestered during the trial and testified to what she had seen. Stop. I like to think that she played a small part in them securing their conviction. Okay, so Richard Chase, for those of you that don't know... Uh, he was a serial killer who literally drank the blood of his victims. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll probably do a serial killer. We'll cover him at some point. Yeah. Maybe for my birthday, we'll do a serial killer episode. Yeah. That's perfect. We'll pick our favorite serial killers in Richard Chase. I know my sister Cassidy loves Richard yeah. Chase. Yeah. As all this was going on, the East Area Rapist slash Golden State Killer mm-hmm. lived only a few blocks from my grandma's apartment. Stop. What is even crazier is that one of my nephews looks almost identical to the little boy that was murdered. Woo. Anyways, that's my story. I just thought it was cool how my family was wrapped up in the case. Take care. And she also says, because murderinos always say this, stay sexy, don't get murdered. Brittany. Thank you. We love that. <laughs> We'll use it. We'll take the story. Yes. All right. On to the next one. Another murderino. Here we go. A few years ago, my husband and I went to Boston on vacation and stayed in an Airbnb that was a finished basement apartment under a house. The first day we were there, I told my husband it didn't feel right. I'm sensitive to feelings and I'm clairsentient. Often I'll have feelings about things and I know things about people within minutes of meeting them. My husband was a skeptic before meeting me and he told me I was probably just uncomfortable because we weren't home. The second night, we went to the grocery store to get snacks after sightseeing all day. And when we got back to the Airbnb, the lights were all on. I messaged the host and he ignored the lights comment I had made and said he and his wife aren't living in the home above right now. The lights in the above home were off the entire time we were there. But this night, the lights above were on too. The host didn't seem phased, so I let it go. We were watching a movie later on and all the lights and electronics turned off then back on within a minute. It freaked out my husband but we just finished the movie and went to sleep. Before bed my husband had picked up three water bottles from the trash can and asked why I put them in there. I didn't. He insisted that he had put them in the recycling bin earlier that night and I must have moved them but I wouldn't have done that and didn't. He started to get freaked out by this and wouldn't let it go but I took Benadryl to help me sleep and fell right asleep. Around 2 a.m., we were woken up by the loudest footsteps above us. The footsteps were pacing around and then increased to a sprint from one end to the other, over and over and over, doing laps. Oh, my God. I just got goosebumps. (laughs) This is weird. The footsteps somehow got louder and louder and kept sprinting across the room and would stop just to be heard across the room again. This went on for about an hour, and we went from angry to scared quickly. I don't know what it was or why it happened, but when I messaged the host about it, he removed the Airbnb property from the website. The What? Why would he remove it from the... Why would he just automatically remove it so he didn't have to hear her talking to him? Because she was messaging him? I don't know. The property has since reappeared, but it was gone for at least a year. He never responded to my questions about haunted activity, but I had a very bad feeling. We left the property early and got a hotel for the rest of our stay because it just felt off. When we talk about the experience, it still scares both of us to even think about it. Wow. Okay, so the sprinting back and forth. That's creepy. The pacing back and forth literally scares me. Up back and forth and back. Oh, God. Is he still sitting there? Yeah, he's being so good. Oh, he's my God, he's down. being such a good boy. Good job. Okay. All right, next story I have. Ready? 
I was living in Springfield, Illinois, in an old apartment building. About halfway into our lease, so about a year, my boyfriend and I were experiencing really weird things. Leaving the apartment and finding items in different rooms, sleep paralysis, and even one time, a ghost made our bed. What? Not complaining. Thanks, ghost. Wait, what? Yeah. But my sleep paralysis was showing attacks on my boyfriend. Oh, God. I woke to see a dark female figure lingering over him, and I had to force my voice to weakly say, you can't have him. We found out around that time that there was an unsolved murder on my floor. Ooh. I also have really strange dreams of automatic writing where a middle-aged man, I think the murder victim, and a young girl who I know is my past sister and hangs around me wherever I move, Ooh. are standing behind me and using me for automatic writing. What does that mean, automatic writing? Automatic writing is a way to communicate with spirits, and I'm, I'm going to give you like what I... I'm pretty sure it is. It's basically like you get into like a state of mind where you just let the pencil move. Okay. And it just writes. All right. I have somebody near and dear in my heart that does it. And I've seen the the writings and it's really fascinating. Like okay. handwriting changes and it's very interesting. Um, so yeah, that's automatic writing. I look down at the paper in front of me and I'm writing over and over again, protect I explain this to my boyfriend and we dismiss it. A couple of months ago, my friend who works for the press let me know that the property manager who lives in the building and started a year ago when the freaky shit started had been breaking into apartments and sexually assaulting women. No. I firmly believe that the dark entity was his bad energy filling up the building and my sister was helping the murder victim to tell me to protect my household. Once Assface was arrested, <laughs> the experiences stopped. I'm a medium, so these occurrences aren't too uncommon for me, but this one definitely scared me into protecting myself and my energy further. Ooh, I love that. I love that her sister. Oh like, my she God, we should really like, thought her should sister do like a was. medium episode and have someone come on and read up. <gasps> that would be really Ooh, cool. That would be cool. Okay. Yes. Love that. Another murderino one. Here we go. Here we go. So my family is from Kentucky. They own this land that is kind of outside of town. And there used to be this haunted house that they had to burn to the ground because there was so much paranormal happening in it. Oof. Grandma said when it was on fire, there was this screaming coming <gasps> from the house as it was burning. Anyways, flash forward to maybe about 20 years later, they have a new trailer on the property and they start seeing paranormal happenings on the property, such as people walking around. Ooh. Trucks that are driving, then disappearing, but nothing really too crazy until one day my great uncle was laying on the couch watching TV when this couple walked through his kitchen door. Ooh. He said they were dressed like they were in the 50s. They didn't open the door or nothing, just walked through it. What gave me chills was the fact they didn't even notice him or pay any attention to him. They walked through the kitchen, went into the back bedroom, and disappeared. He said he walked back there and there was no sign of them at all. I don't know if they have ever been seen again or not because he died and his wife sort of disbanded herself from the family. But it gives me chills because he did not believe in spirits or ghosts or anything of that sort until that day. Ooh, this is my next story. And honestly, this story captivated me when I read it like I, I'm like obsessed when you asked me what story do you want to read I was like uh, I want this one I was around 20 to 21 and had moved into my grandparents house after dealing with a traumatic experience with my mother their house was in a new development and they were the first owners they had told me from time to time that they saw shadow people walking from the laundry room at the front of the house across the living room towards the small hallway with a bathroom and two bedrooms I moved into one of these rooms when I began living there. I had a small dog, a chihuahua for reference, who was extremely aggressive and protective and slept on the end of my bed. It was like 8 to 8.30 at night and I was lying awake and could hear my grandparents' TV blaring some manner of British comedy through the connecting wall. I rolled over towards the right wall of the bedroom and there was a completely gold figure standing beside the bed approximately seven to eight feet tall with no discernible features. It reached out with his right appendage and didn't have any fingers or anything discernible. Oh. Just a sort of noodly appendage. Noodly. Noodly. And reached out to touch my leg. No. The dog was lying on the left side of the bottom of the bed, and he didn't move or react at all. I jumped out of bed and ran to my grandparents' room and told them what had happened, and they were completely nonplussed. 
like this was something totally normal and mundane. My dog then waddled in behind me, not barking or displaying any aggressive behavior. The figure was completely opaque gold, and it was as if it was illuminated from within, because I could clearly see it in my completely dark room. I have never been able to identify any other people that have had any experiences with any sort of gold figures like I had, but have had suggestions from others stating maybe it was an angel or some sort of extraterrestrial experience or something. Extraterrestrial. So creepy, right? Have you seen a gold um, apparition? Yeah. Send us a story about it. Yeah, because we want to help her out. Or if you know what that means. Yeah. Simple and friendly reminder to send us your UFO stories. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. All right. It's your turn. Hello. I have a doozy of a ghost story for you two. My apartment complex touches a cemetery. I already don't like the sound of that. Oh, Like, I wouldn't want to live next to a cemetery. Like, there is a little porch that touches the border of the cemetery. There are seven people buried there with birth and death dates ranging from the late 1700s to the late 1800s. All those little cemeteries are like that. They're just really old. Yeah. Two of the people there are two or under, which is incredibly sad, and two are men while the rest are women. The cemetery is incredibly overgrown to the point where you can't see the gravestones, but in the summer, spring, it is filled with tiger lilies, which makes up for a little, that's really pretty, of yeah. the, makes up for a little bit of the decrepitness. It definitely does. Yeah. Anyways, I have had a few spooky things happen in my apartment, but one will forever stand out to me. Can I just say something? Before we recorded, I watched a video of a girl scrubbing a, a really old headstone and it made me want to like take care of cemeteries. You like old what? ones. We got to figure that out. Like I would do that because yeah. if somebody's taking care of my grave someday, 100 years from now, like that's special. I think I want to do that. Okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I live alone with two dogs and an aggressive hamster. <laughs> oh God, I, I know the aggressive oh, hamster. God. I've had a few. In an apartment with relatively good soundproofing, so there is no chance of me hearing my neighbor talk. I normally wake up a couple times in the night due to the fact that I sleep with literally 100 pounds of dog in my bed. But one morning, I jolted awake but didn't sit up or anything. It was 2 or 3 in the morning, so it was still dark, but I heard a very maternal voice humming what sounded like a lullaby. Ring around the rosy, a pocket full of posies. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Over in the meadow, picking buttercups. Ashes, ashes, we all stand up. I didn't feel scared or like I was in danger or anything, but I looked around and saw a form of this slim lady in a dress just making her way around the perimeter of my room. Okay, I have to laugh so hard at the room. <laughs> I was like, I, want, I wanted to just keep going there, but that was so funny. The ring around the rosy. Mm-hmm. She left through the door that leads to the living room, the only other room in my apartment, and the humming stopped. I have had many other small things happen, like the side of my bed dipping down when I'm the only one in it and the dogs are in the living room feeling an arm or hand on my shoulder and having a battery-less battery-operated alarm clock go off at random times until I acknowledge that somebody is there and making sure to say that they're welcome to stay. It's been a while since I've had anything like that happen, and I'm not going to lie, I kind of miss the company. Oh. From that little boy over there. Oh. Little boy over there. Little boy. Okay, so this next one is a haunted college story, and then at the end we have little haunted spooky college stories. I have a long one for you about my college ghost named Brian. My freshman year, I went to Roger Williams University and I lived in the Willow Dorms, which are right under the Mount Hope Bridge, a popular spot for people who commit suicide by jumping off. It started out with small creepy things happening to my roommate and I. Our desk chairs would sometimes move out from our desks, like slide backwards. We saw that happen numerous times while we were just sitting on our beds. Our bathroom door would shut and lock itself from the inside when no one was in it. Oh my God. And then a few minutes later would just unlock itself. Our bedroom door would open up randomly. There were no windows in the hallway, so it wasn't because of any drafts or anything like that. We also started seeing small piles of pennies left in weird spots around our room. I actually still find random pennies in places like my shoes, under my pillow, in a parking spot when I park my cars. Me too, Michaela. Me, I'm going to say her name. She said I could say her name. I work with her. Me too, But my grandma said when she died, my other grandma, she would send pennies. I find them all the time in Mm -hmm. parking spots. We do find them a lot when I'm with you. In random places. In my plants, outside of my front door, etc. 
So Brian, the ghost, was a student at Roger Williams in the late 90s. He wasn't very social or didn't have many friends, but one night he called his parents all nervous and asked to be picked up. They told him to wait until morning, but he never called them back. He didn't show up to class for multiple days before the university went to check on him. No one really knows what happened, and all that's ever been found of him was his boot with his foot and shin bone (gasps) in it washed up in the water under the bridge was he pushed did he jump i honestly believe he still follows me and looks out for me i'm not scared of him he feels protective to me and maybe that's because my roommate and i tried to solve his murder when we went to school there yeah he used to live in the same dorm complex we lived in and he was also featured in an episode on unsolved mysteries in the late 90s and she attached a link to it. She said, I'm not uh, worried about being anonymous. I love to talk about Brian. So if you have any questions, let her know. That's my Kayla. That. You know what we should do? We should put this link right on our Facebook. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah. You can check it out on our Facebook. She put was, the link up. She like came out to me at work. She's like, are you are you still taking like creepy stories? I was like, yes. Always. We She's never like, not stop taking. Guys, we're never not stop taking anything. Yeah. Just keep sending them. She's like, I have a ghost story and it has to do with unsolved mysteries. And I was like, stop it right there. You need to type it up now. Oh, Michaela, thank you so much. Love her. Okay. Okay, So my haunting story of my college is Huntress Hall. Um, This story I took from the Keene State College Equinox, which is the school newspaper. Oh, I love the little hootie owl you just did. Um, I actually worked on the school newspaper when I was in college because I went to school for journalism, but whatever. I was the multimedia director. No big deal. I'm going to give credit to the student. I don't think he's a student anymore. It was written in 2016, but... Nick Toko, he wrote this article, and I'm just going to read it because I loved it, and it was perfect, and it was Keene State Equinox. I was like, I'm going to give a shout-out to the college paper that I worked for my senior year. And also, my sisters lived in this dorm last year of, at Keene, so, but they didn't hear anything. Okay. The famous ghost story surrounding Huntress Hall at Keene State College still lives on today in 2020, we'll say. Built in 1926, Huntress Hall has been rumored to be haunted by the ghost of the building's namesake and Board of Education Director Harriet Huntress. She was born in 1860 and died in 1922. She is said to have been haunting this place for 70 years. Huntress Hall was an all-female residence hall until the beginning of World War II when Keene State College was still known as Keene Teachers College. At this time, the U.S. Navy began training pilots in Keene and used the residence hall to house male American naval trainees. Males only. Come on. It was a female college. Suckers. Well, I guess maybe this is why they started doing male and female. Maybe mm-hmm. it changed. It was then when residents inside Huntress Hall began to report hearing strange noises in the attic. <sighs> the noises heard were described as the sound of rolling wheelchair, creaking and squeaking back and forth. Ugh. It was then believed that the sound was coming from Harriet Huntress's own wheelchair, which was kept in the building's attic after her death. So creepy. The rumor behind the ghost's motives for haunting the building is that she hates men and promiscuous women. (gasps) She's even believed to be most active when students are having sex in the dorms. Oh my God. Now, over 70 years later, Huntress Hall is still believed to be haunted by the ghost of Harriet Huntress. Huntress Hall resident and KSC sophomore Dorothy Arroyo said she firmly believes that the ghost of Huntress lurks in the attic, especially after she experienced what she thought was a paranormal encounter with a friend. On one occasion in the middle of the night, Arroyo said her friend sent her a text saying, Oh my God, I just saw (gasps) Harriet in the bathroom. After going for a walk together to escape what was believed to be the spirit herself, Arroyo and her friend returned to the bathroom. When the coast appeared to be clear, her friend began brushing his teeth. Okay, male, female, this is where we're getting into this. Mm -hmm. While brushing his teeth, the shower curtain in the bathroom suddenly moved, terrifying them both. This is in quotes. He just booked it out of there. He didn't even check if there was someone there, Arroyo said. This year, Arroyo lives in the third floor of Huntress Hall, just below the attic where Huntress supposedly lingers. On another occasion, Arroyo said she heard a blood-curdling scream in the middle of the night while she was asleep. At around 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up to this girl just screaming at the top of her lungs. After looking out her window and into the hallway, no one was there. Oddly enough, from a spiritual perspective... 3 a.m. is the supposed witching hour, when the spirits and ghosts are supposed to be at their most active. It took me until this semester to be able to leave my dorm to get up in the middle of the night, Arroyo said. On a third occasion, just over winter break, one of the rooms on the third floor ceiling collapsed. 
Arroyo said luckily it was over winter break, so no one was actually there. Although it's possible the collapse could have come from water damage and other factors, the room ironically belonged to all-male students. Oh. While knowing of these strange encounters and happenings linked to the attic, Arroyo said, I definitely believe that Harriet's real and that she likes to make her appearance and spook people. Fellow Huntress residents and sophomore Melissa Wydra said she believes in ghosts, but that she is not sure if she believes in the stories of Harriet Huntress in her wheelchair. Some people say she only haunts men, not women. If you ask most people, they just like to spread the rumor that it's haunted and don't even know anything about it. Although skeptical, Wydra admitted that she had heard, oh, that she has heard weird noises in the bathroom by herself at times. But she may not get the full ghostly treatment because she lives on the first floor. Resident director for Huntress Hall, Adam Gray, said he was unsure if he was a believer in the ghost stories. When asked to comment, Gray said, I don't know. I've never had a reason to. I've actually worked in past schools where the buildings were supposedly haunted, and I fully believed in them because things happened that were unexplainable in those buildings. Gray also said he never could feel any kind of ghostly energy in Huntress in the same way he did in those other buildings, which could be a result of the fact that he does not live in there and is not in the building as often as others. Regardless if you are a believer or not, Gray said the ghost stories are an opportunity to appreciate KSC history. I've always wished that the walls could talk because of the stories they would tell, Gray said. Whether or not to believe in Harriet, believe in the fact that Huntress is rich with history and is a cool building to live in. So cool. So Claire and Ellie lived in that. They lived on the, they both lived on different floors. I think Claire lived on the top floor. Really? Right under the attic? Spooky. Yeah, it is spooky. But they never heard, they never said Did you anything. have any experiences? I, I never really, I went in Huntress once just because of a friend, I think. Oh. It, it wasn't a dorm that I lived in. There was a lot of similarities in that story to what I experienced in college with my freshman year dorm. So, do you want me to tell you? Mm -hmm. So, I went to Paul Smith's College in Paul Smith's, New York. Um, nobody knows it, but if you do know it... That's why I went to school. I lived in LMS, which stands for Lydia Martin Smith, who was the wife of Paul Smith. And um, let me tell you, I have never experienced anything scary and haunted until I moved to college. I like really kind of was a skeptic. The Suds and Soda muzzleloader story changed my mind on that. But then this happened and this is what made me a full-blown believer. So we were... I just need to pour my drink. So I had no idea that this was haunted or anything when I first started going there. I I really like had never experienced haunting so strongly. And then I moved there and it and it happened and it's crazy. So my first experience in LMS was the very first night I stayed at college, my first night. Okay. Um I had an eye home. Do you remember eye homes? I also had a bedroom. Yes, I had an eye yeah. home, of course. My dorm room, I had two I had two roommates, but our dorm room was abnormally large, larger than everybody else's in the whole building. Like they had regular sized dorm rooms. Ours happened to be uh, like below an RA's apartment. So it was the size of a big apartment. We had four walk-in closets. We had four windows. It was along the lake. It was literally the biggest score of my entire life. Okay. It was room 100. <laughs> when we found out we got room 100, it was a fucking big deal. So we'd have people in there all the time. But that is where majority of the shit in this this school like this dorm happened so first night I'm there I have my eye home plugged in and the little light was shining and I woke up because I heard something fall off my desk and I look over and in the light of my eye home I see a water bottle rolling back and forth like somebody's playing with it what? back and forth on the ground so it's like that's weird so I kind of like got scared and I turned around and went back to bed 3 a.m. I hear my roommate screaming at the top of her lungs, Stop. screaming, Kaylee. So you mentioned the scream in there. And I was yep. like, yep, that happened in the first night of college. Emily, if you're listening, I remember that. And I know you do too. It was fucked up. So now <laughs> things start happening more. And we're just sort of, we're now all scared. Like some of us had to go sleep in like our friends' rooms because we were that scared. And other people were experiencing things too, but not Wait, as- why did she scream? No idea. It was just the middle of the night. She was like sleeping. She just like woke up and screamed. Okay, there's no reason. No reason. Um, just screaming at the top of her lungs. So um, now the following week of this, we are all getting ready to go to bed, and we hear in on your my, dorm room on my desk next to my bed. The door's on the opposite. Yep, like that fast, like a rattling, knocking noise on my desk. I get out of bed, I run, and I jump on Emily's bed, and we're all three of us are like freaking out. And then all of a sudden, we hear 
on another desk. Stop. Yes. Literally like that. The door, nowhere near where the door is. It's concrete walls, so it's not like it's actually, it's like wood, knocking wood. It's dark. Oh, yeah. The concrete walls, you can't even like you can't walk knock. on. Yeah. And it's a brick Oh, the building. college, yeah. The college yeah. dorm walls, no way. So we run into like the main room of the dorm and we fucking slept on the couch, like, in, in the, the common room? Yes, in the common, in the common room. room, like where the fucking pool table is. <laughs> and we were so scared. Okay, so it kept happening. So I had a boy in my bed one night. And Carolyn, my other roommate. Oh, Harriet Huntress wouldn't like this. Wakes up, this is what I'm saying, wakes up and she looks over and she sees this huge black shadow over my bed, over my bed, just kind of like floating on the walls. She's like, that doesn't make sleeping? any sense. There was a little light on. I was sleeping, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was with the, with the guy in your bed. You both were sleeping. Yeah. And then another night I went to a hockey game, a Clarkson hockey game, and Emily was alone in the dorm and she she watched a shadow move from one side of the dorm to my bedside. Things just kept happening. So one night I decided I'm going to look up and see if there's anything on LMS. Yeah, because you're not from the area. You probably might no. not know that. Like Keen, we, that was like, a, I'm from New Hampshire. It was always like a thing. Yeah. And like, mind you, like this shit kept happening. It kept happening. Like one, oh, one time I woke up from a nap and I was kind of groggy waking up, but I saw what looked like a duster, like a black and gray feather duster, like in a circle like this. And once I like recognized it was there, it, it disappeared and my shoe flipped over. What? Like my shoe flipped and I was awake. Something was playing with my shoes. It was always in the same part of the room where things were getting played with on the floor. Okay. So... I'm doing some research one night and I find that my dorm room is in a haunted New York ghost story book. And the book is called The Big Book of New York Ghost Stories by (laughs) Sherry Farnsworth. So I'm just going to read you a little bit. And this really freaked me out. And then I like never stayed in my room again after I read this. It like fucked me up. So this part is all about Paul Smith's. There's multiple hauntings on the campus, but I'm, I don't give a fuck because the only one that affected me was the fucking Lydia. She hated, she hated the guys being in the room. So here's a little passage about, about Lydia. And when I read this at night, I I got up and I packed my bag and I went and stayed in my friend's room. (laughs) Like, I'm going home. I literally stayed in another dorm that night. Equally impossible, it would seem, was a male student's run-in with a ghost believed to be Lydia Martin Smith in the hall of her name. Cobb's article said that the student came home one day before the Lydia Martin Smith Hall had been wired into the college's network and found his computer turned on with his username and password up. Since they weren't even hooked up to the network yet, there was no reason for anyone to have attempted to access it, especially using his name. And how did they know his password? Stumped for an explanation, he deleted his password, shut off the computer, and left the room. When he returned moments later, the computer was back on, along with his personal information. In the same hall, a student came out of his room one day to find his term paper stuck to the wall with nothing to adhere it. What? As if an invisible hand were holding it against the wall. People theorize that the ever-proper Lydia haunts her hall because she isn't thrilled with the idea of co-ed buildings. Mm. One student claims to have actually seen her spirit sitting in a rocking chair in his room, looking at him when he woke up one night. The moment he acknowledged her presence, she vanished. So she literally destroyed my freshman year. Like, I was (laughs) fucked up from it. And also, I secretly... I hope none of my RAs are listening. And if you are, don't give a fuck because you can't do anything about it now. But I saged my dorm. I smudged I mean, it. I had a rabbit living underneath my bed in a cage. I burned I burned shit that smelled like marijuana in the dorm and I didn't set off the alarms. That's what I did. That's and shocking. I didn't get caught. And we never had anything happen ever again after that. That's Boom. crazy. LMS. Scared. <laughs> All right. On to the next story. Hello, you spooky folks. I'm writing to tell you my very exciting ghost story. A little background, I was born and raised in Louisiana, and when I was in college, my family moved to South Louisiana to a little town called St. Francisville. Once I graduated college, I moved to Seattle, which is also crazy haunted, but that's a story for another time. Well, you can send it anyways. Yeah, send it in, bitch. (laughs) Sorry if that was mean. I grew up in a very religious household, though I now realize it was a bit culty. So ghosts weren't really talked about. But when I was a sophomore in college in 2011, my mom, myself, my aunt, and my cousin decided we would stay at the Myrtle's Plantation. We booked our room and we would be staying in the caretaker's cottage, also known as the old slave quarters. Yikes, I know. It's important for me to say that I love a good ghosty show, ghost hunters, ghost adventures, etc. So I was prepared to debunk every single ghost story we would experience. 
Instead, I left believing more intensely in the paranormal and haven't stopped searching for answers. We arrived at the Myrtles and my entire family decided we would take a tour of the main house before they left the girls to do the ghost stuff. We were the youngest ones on the property the entire time. There was one other couple staying in the main house while we were there. In the photos I've attached, you will see a group shot. Yes, we love attached photos. There were no other tours happening at the time when we took this photo. You can see one window is slightly opened. If you zoom in and look right above the rocking chair, you will see what looks like the face of a little kid. I believe it's a girl. We didn't notice anything until we got home the next morning and uploaded the photos. Spooky. It's always a rocking chair. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe that's the creaking of it. It makes it a little extra. Ever. (laughs) Ever. Except for when I have a child and need to rock my baby to sleep. I'll rock it another way. I'll fucking bounce (laughs) it. I'm not fucking rocking it. Throw it over your shoulder. <laughs> hold it like a football. Boom, <laughs> funny tub. Funny tub. Stop. <laughs> we continued with a tour and hung out around the grounds. The next two photos were taken, one right after the other. This we can't explain. My mom is a professional photographer and has never caught anything like this on our <sighs> camera. The boys and my younger sister left and we were on our own. We, of course, did the usual things, including EVP, which we caught a male voice saying yes and some other words. But tragically, I can't find the recorder it was on. We set up a tennis ball in the middle of our floor. And the next morning while we were at breakfast, the ball had moved under the bed. The last two pictures are something that I will never forget. I'm up on the top bunk bed and my mom has a habit of shaking herself to sleep. I woke up to someone shaking me. I assumed it was my mom shaking the bed. These are super sturdy bunk beds. So I asked her to stop. She told me she wasn't moving. And my aunt snapped both of these next pictures. Now, I don't give much credit to orbs, but this one is crazy. I have not looked at these yet. Yeah, we're going to look at these after. My cousin and I also heard children's laughter, and we heard a ton of gunshots. This plantation is kind of smack in the middle of town. I will include a link to the story of the Myrtles Plantation if you'd like to read up on it as well as a folder of photos. You have my permission to use those and this story any way you would like. The whole website is awesome, including some other haunting photos. Thank you for listening. And if you have any questions, feel free to email me back. Best, Danny K. She, her. Yeah, Danny K. I got to see those pictures, girl. Ready? Oh, yeah, it's your read. Next story. Way back in the day, I worked at a place called Piccadilly Pub in Western Massachusetts. It was a family-style restaurant. We were told that the original owners used to live upstairs and would do all of their business there, but they passed away many, many years ago. Upon the restaurant closing for the night, there were beer taps that would turn themselves on, the bar gate would open and close and slam down very loudly multiple times, lights will turn on and off, bread would go flying in the kitchen, and doors would randomly open and close. This was always after hours. Interesting. One Saturday evening around 7 p.m., when we were getting busy, police cars, ambulances, and fire trucks all pulled up to the restaurant. They all came in in a frantic as if somebody or something was in trouble. After speaking with the police, they told the owners that there have been multiple distressed phone calls from upstairs. The owners explained to them that the previous owners had long since passed away and those lines had been cut and separated. But because the cops have to do their due diligence. Although they didn't the night that you accidentally called 911. But okay, whatever, we'll get, get to that. To well, I'll tell that after. <laughs> Uh, But because the cops have to do their due diligence, they all went back upstairs to check out the phone lines. Those lines were definitely cut, but the physical phones were off the hooks and placed on the desks as if someone was indeed making phone calls. Needless to say, half the staff went home that yeah, night. I would have. Freaky. Hope you have a great podcast. Feel free to fix any grammatical errors. <laughs> Talk soon. Chrissy. Thanks, Chrissy. Um, so, guys, something happened the other night to me. So, I, if I've already mentioned this, I'm sorry. I'm going to mention it again. Um, I actually have been doing, like, weird things in my sleep lately. Like, um, the other night, I dumped a bag of almonds, like, straight up on the floor. had no control. Just was like, oh, I'm going to grab this bag of almonds and dump the whole thing on the ground and then fall back asleep. I also decided at 3.24 in the morning that I was going to press my side button on my phone three times. And then I was going to shun the call through to 911. So, I call 911 in my sleep. I, I remember it, but I had zero control over my body and my hands. I just did it. And let the phone call go for three seconds, and then I hung up, and I fell back asleep. And then I wake up because some, they're calling me back, and what do I do? Ignore the call. And guess what happened? Nothing. Nobody showed up. <laughs> Nobody showed up to my house. It was 3.24 in the morning. Nobody showed up. So friggin' rude. She could have been murdered or died. Yeah, I could. 
All right, next story. Hey, ladies, in honor of spooky season, I want to share an experience I once had at the young age of 17. This story requires a little bit of backstory, but I do want to preface that I am always that friend who says they don't believe in ghosts or spirits whenever the subject comes up. Even after the events I'm about to share happened to me, and I don't have any other evidence to prove that it was mere coincidental, I am still skeptical about whether I believe in ghosts or not. Okay, so... There is this infamous nursing home in the town over from where I grew up in New Jersey. I say infamous because it is a local legend in the area and there are numerous myths surrounding this place. This nursing home used to be a hotel during the Prohibition era and was said to be a favorite vacation spot for the notorious Al Capone. Did I do good, honey? Mm -hmm. Thank you. So the story <laughs> So the story goes that this hotel was one of the only hotels in between Atlantic City and New York City. Al Capone was known to take advantage of the area's inadequate prohibition laws and would use this hotel as a lot more than just a vacation. Ah, just like Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, he's Al Capone's really. dad. Really so really I'm not really kidding. I guess it's, it's kind of true. <laughs> there are tales of wine cellars and tunnels underneath the hotel that went under the lake in front of the hotel and through the town. A nearby building that the tunnel was connected to was supposedly used to either dispose bodies or as an escape route. Rumor is the furnace at the nearby building was used for said bodies. Now, I do want to say that this is a famous New Jersey urban legend, which others say there is no evidence to suggest Capone ever visited the area. But there are indeed tunnels under the building. Nobody seems to know how far they go. Oh, God. So how is this relevant to my spooky story? Well, a friend of mine used to babysit two girls for her mom's good friend at the time. Again, I was 17. Her house was several streets away from this now nursing home. We were informed by the girl's mother that her place was in fact haunted and was one of the houses that connected to the Al Capone tunnels as a secret hideout. She told us stories about how her daughters have seen little girls wearing clothes dated back to the Prohibition era and has caught her daughters talking to people who just weren't there. She even had cameras installed in the house to check for supernatural shit. We visited her house a couple times, and she even showed us the basement. Oh, my God. There was a huge cement patch you could tell <gasps> used to be a hole. I cannot make this shit up. Did it actually used to be a tunnel? Who knows? But to two teenage girls, we were all about it. So this particular night, my friend and I had just finished putting the girls to bed. We were hanging out around the house when we got a call from a payphone. It said payphone on the caller ID. To note, this was back in 2007. Smartphones were just beginning to dominate the world. Who was using payphones anymore? And I have never seen a payphone in the area I grew up in since the pre-cell phone era anyway. Suds had one for so long. They, it was still there. You, is it still there right now? I'm telling you it's still there right now. Oh, my Unless God. Unless they took it out. It was still there when I worked there. Oh, yeah. People would come in and use it. Yeah. So Katie still has a payphone at her house, okay? Mm -hmm. And it rings every once in a while. It's like their house phone. We, I'll pick it up and stuff. It's so bizarre and random. So weird. But her dad worked for the telephone company. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, we answered. No one was there. We then got another random call from a payphone. No one answered. This happened at least 30 times <gasps> in one hour. We contacted the mother who called the police and had them circle the house a few times and camp out for a bit. The police found nothing and carried on for the night. After a while, the phone calls just stopped. But to end the night, I was walking back into the living room when one of the speakers began blowing random smoke. What? I called for my friend and we just stood there in disbelief. It was the longest babysitting shift of my life. And I'm pretty sure I slept with my eyes open that night. So believe what you will and interpret it however you want. Al Capone must have been one smart-ass gangster if there is no evidence suggesting this is more than a myth. Your friend... Schmegs, a.k.a. the Halloween baby. Happy Halloween. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Okay, so this is the last story, and it is five Ouija experiences. Sage loves her Ouija board experiences. I really do. I, there's got to be one in my house somewhere. Okay, I don't want to know that. That's fucking terrifying. Probably shoved in the basement. Spooky. All right, ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm always asking if you're ready. I know you're ready. <laughs> so we're going to tie off this Halloween episode with a Ouija board story. And it's called Five Ouija Experiences, but it's written by one person. So it's a whole story. 
I live in the middle of who the fuck knows Texas, and there's really nothing to do in my town, coupled with quarantine, and it's unbearably boring. My friends and I stumbled upon this abandoned house, and after hanging around there for a few weeks, found out it was haunted by several spirits. And there's a picture of the abandoned house. We've caught voices, footsteps, knocking, mists, humming, growls, and even an apparition once. Interesting shit. So I decided to bring an old Ouija board I'd never used before, and our experiences have only gotten more and more detailed. The first experience went something like this. Is anyone here? The planchette moved to goodbye. Well, okay, they must not want to talk to us. We restarted the session and asked if anyone was here. No answer. What's your name? The planchette started moving slowly and hesitantly moved to T. But with another gust of force, the planchette moved off the board. Again, we didn't get much, but it was my first real experience, so I thought it was amazing. The second experience. Is anyone here with us now? Yes. What is your name? R-D-T-U. I really have no idea what kind of name this is. Maybe it's a set of initials? Did we talk to an illiterate spirit? I have no idea. Anyway, we were confused, but pressed on. When I did a Ouija board at my house, they gave us a last name. The kid, the kid that I think, Matthew, nine years old, he gave us a last name that we both, we all thought that he was spelling it wrong. And we all kind of like joked like, oh, did he probably doesn't know how to spell his last name. It was like a way, like W-E-Y-E-Y. Okay. I don't know what it means. Did you live here? Yes. Are you a male? No. How old are you? The planchette moved to six, then hesitated. It began slowly moving up to the top and flew off the board. We said goodbye and left. After that experience, I started getting the shit scratched out of me. What? Since then, I've piled up 30 plus scratches that appear while I'm usually laying in bed or literally doing nothing. Don't know where they come from, but after putting the board in my car, they've gradually stopped. I only get them in my car, not in my room anymore. Still not ideal to get them at all, the scratches. Yeah. And now my friends are starting to get scratched. Yeah. But that board cost a good $25. (laughs) And I'm not exactly the pinnacle of wealth. Me neither, honey. Anyway, we went back a few more times without the board and used a spirit box that I'm fairly certain works. It said my name in some weird shit before, but perhaps I'm wrong. Well, we used it and we got the name Maria several times. So if the name comes up later, you know where we got it from. Moving on, third experience. We asked a few questions and it moved a bit, but gave no actual answers or letters. Finally, what is your name? Raz T. R-A-Z-T. How old are you, Raz? 63. Were you 63 years old? No. Sarcasm, eh? I don't know. What year were you born? 69. We tried to ask more but never got a response back. Now, I'd like to note that I've taken videos of every experience, but this next one was weird because something tapped my phone screen and even knocked it over. Anyways, fourth experience. I asked a question and got no answer, so we restarted. Is this your house? No. Whose house is this? His. Yeah. Do you know his name? No answer. Did you know him? No answer. What is your name? W-S-Q. Are those your initials? No. Are the letters important? No. How old are you? 54. You're 54? Yes. We asked a few more questions and got nothing in response. The planchette then slid off the board, probably telling us goodbye, so we left. Our latest... The fifth experience just happened today. Is Maria here? No. Who's here with us right now? No answer. Whose house is this? Mine. Who are you? Ambiguous answer. Have we talked to Raz? No answer. How many people are here? Three. Is one of you this house's owner? The planchette slid to goodbye. I wasn't quite ready to leave yet, though. Why do you want us to leave? Stay. Who wants us to leave? Raz. Does Raz own this house? No. Who does? Us. After that, we received no answers and finally said goodbye. So that's my story so far. I still have a lot of unanswered questions, but would like to get your insights on this. Just some Ouija board experiences, whatever, you know? Yeah, so what? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Was, that was that. That's how it works every time for me. Okay. Questionable, Questionable questions. questions. Okay, I'll ask you this one, Sage. 
Okay. You know when you are driving and you notice how there's just like one shoe on the road? Do you ever wonder like what happened to the other shoe? Do you notice that? It's yeah. Always all one the time. shoe or glove. I always notice or a one glove. glove. Mm-hmm. It's very rare. Why? Why is that? Um, one goes flying off. Well, that brings a go- up a good point about also I see trash bags on the side of the road and sometimes I think it's a dead body in there too. I think every time I see one. I Right? <laughs> um, I think it just flies out of the back of the truck, but like why is it always one and not it's two? It's always one. It's weird. If you were forced to kill your mother or father, which one would you choose? Oh my God. Just hang on. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready for you. What's the scariest nightmare you've ever had as a kid? Okay, I will say as a kid it scared me, but now I, I, they still scare me. But I have this like reoccurring dream mm-hmm. that I'm like in Jurassic Park. Oh. <laughs> you know the scene where the T-Rex comes out and, oh, that's right. Sage has never seen Jurassic Park. Are you fucking kidding You want me to ask a different question? No. Keep going. No, because this is, this is. This is the answer. Uh, I can't believe you've never watched any of the Jurassic. It literally kills me. I don't like action movies. I hate them. Yeah, it's not what you, it's not like action. It's not like people fighting people. It's so good. And it's not like there's, it's so good. Okay. We have to watch it. You have to watch it. Are you literally my, but I'll watch it. They're literally my favorite movies. Just try it out. How you feel Jeff Goldblum I've tried I literally tried it when I was a kid no, yeah but you're an adult was, I wasn't a dinosaur fan ever you're an adult I hate the look of dinosaurs they make me want to throw up but I also think that because they look like turtles Corey Universal, Universal Studios kind of fucked me up as a kid too like it sort of scared but me but I would bit. say that their graphics are better than a lot of other graphics absolutely honestly and for, for the time that they were they were I really would, good I mean obviously me, they look fake but me, Kelsey and Ryan were fucking I was Ellie Sattler for Halloween Kelsey yeah was not, uh, was guy yeah and ryan was dr grant i gotta, love it i gotta give you show you a photo it's fucking awesome okay okay awesome. i love it whatever sage doesn't watch jurassic park <laughs> but i have this reoccurring dream where i'm like in the jurassic park world and it's the first jurassic park they are it's the guy with the toilet scene and the big fence comes down i have that reoccurring scene like that's what's kind of happening but it's like me in the place of them and obviously it's not reenacting that exact scene it's like me living in that scene what would happen and it's instead of it being like a big gate it's literally like a massive school and like <laughs> we're like running through the it goes from me like running through the halls and like underneath hiding underneath cabinets and stuff like that and it used to terrify me as a that's kid that's kind of scary when you add that out el- the school element into yes it. and i and i would always be like running from the t-rex and that's i don't know why every it's once scary. in a while i'll still have that dream but now I kind of enjoy it. I'm like, fuck yeah, Jurassic Park. But as a kid, it terrified me. But that, for some reason, that movie, I just always loved it. I think it's why it stuck out. But my biggest nightmare that used to scare me the most was the Pizza Man. What's the Pizza Man? The Pizza Man is my earliest nightmare. And my dad remembers this dream that I had because it fucked me up. I used to have bunk beds in my room. And I used to be obsessed with like staring at the window at night. And so I had a dream that I woke up and I looked out my window I was probably like four when I had this dream and there was somebody had like painted a pizza man you know like when you go into like a pizza shop they have those little pizza man statues yeah you want to know something funny what we have one of those in our basement oh no I never want to see it with a tray no I hate it with the tray yeah I hate it yeah we got one no I never want to see Donna it. Donna hates it but Mike won't throw it out mm, throw it out um so somebody it was like somebody had painted that on the window and then there was a little slice of pizza painted on the window too and he had no teeth he had no yeah, teeth and he had a creepy. big, a big smile, no teeth. And I, I tried to run into my parents' room and I opened my bedroom door and there's three gray elevators and I have to like figure out which one my parents are in <laughs> and I couldn't figure it out. And then I woke up and I ran to my parents' room and I cried all night about the pizza man and it fucked me up for a long time. Like looking at, I could never look out that window again at night. Like as soon as the lights were off, as soon as it was dark out, nope, do not look at that window because the pizza man's going to show up and he has no teeth. Fucking pizza man. Yeah, it fucked me up. Ask Jim about the pizza man. He remembers the fucking pizza man. <laughs> yeah. A big gaping mouth. Ew. Yeah, and you know those pizza statues. And it was all like, but it was painted colorful, like red, white, and green, like Italian colors. It was um, that's fucked. pretty sure what ours is downstairs. No, I don't want to see it. I'm so and fucking scared. I already got rid of it. Terrified. Like I had to close my eyes to walk by it as a kid. Because it fucked me up. Pizza man's coming for you. Again, so are the fucking T-Rexes. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I've never watched Jurassic Park. Jurassic okay. Jurassic Park is more of like a, it's like more of like a horror 
horrible. Yeah, it is. It really. But that's a good point. That when she said it, I'm like, it is action. She's right, but it's different. Yes. Okay, I'll yes. watch it. I I'm not going to enjoy it, but I will watch it. It's stop saying that. <laughs> you say that shit, and you're gonna get in that mindset. But it is more of horror now yes. that you like, say that. Like when you're a young kid, that movie is scary. Yeah, I didn't think about it as a what is it classified as? What genre? That's interesting to Probably know. Probably horror. Because it is, pro- it is or horror. sci-fi. I would say sci-fi, horror, and action would be so all like those. sci-fi. Like that's that's what I mean. Not action. Sci-fi. I hate sci-fi. All right, so that's our episode. That's happy that. Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. Happy birthday, Meg. We love you. Love ya. Big 30. 3 Big fucking deal. I'm ready for the potty bus. Oh, you guys are going to have so much fun. Yeah, we are. Since it's COVID, we're just going to go on a potty bus, which you know Drive what I always around. want to do. It's the best. I'm- Anyways, our uh, our email to send stories is sowhatwhocarespod at gmail.com. Our Instagram is at sowhatwhocarespod. Send us your stories. Yeah, you know it. DM, text us, whatever. Yeah, if you have our number, text us. You know what we want. You know what we're looking for. Just send it. Whatever. Anything. We want anything. We want military stories, though. Mm-hmm. We want to do a Veterans Day episode. So anybody that's in the military, we've had some that have been sent in that are heartfelt. Some are just quick little short things they've experienced. Crazy things. So send them in. We'd like to do that. Um, yeah. So what? Who cares? We don't. That actually oh. wasn't a bad ending one. How was that? Well, it was good if my dog wasn't attacking Donna's diet. Let me try it again. Archie? Alright, I'll try it again. God, you know, everyone's fucking gone. We have to have him now. Archie, you need to behave and you need to sit down and you need to have a quiet body I, and a calm soul. Yeah, calm and quiet body. Go do some fucking dog yoga. Okay, ready? There's literally nobody here, and that's fucking rude. I'm here. Oh, hi, Donna. Oh, Donna. We got a headphones in. I'm going to, um, leave one. Can I put them on that red cord? Yeah, just make sure there's no dead mice around there, because he'll friggin' eat them. I ain't pulling him out of his throat again. Archie! If this dog keeps Archie. barking. Where did she lock him? Oh, the Tamagotchi. Give me the Tamagotchis. What are you doing getting Archie? Archie! Where is he? Down there? Yeah. You can see him? No. Is he on the He's other side of the door? To be relaxed, they're going to be up here. Come here. Come here. <gasps> Jesus, Sage. He's got little legs. Put That's too high. Can you put those over there? Yeah. Can you come sit at my feet? I, I, wait. Grab those cups just in case the two fucking. Yeah. I have a feeling he's going to try to grab those. I don't trust him. Relaxed. Relax. Okay. We need to keep moving. Let's go, bitch. Now sit the fuck down. Who's your good boy? Archie. Hey, I can't see your face. You go check the supply boy. later? Yeah. Yeah. Good job sitting calmly. Okay, let's go. All right. I'm going to kill this dog. He's. Does he have the zoomies? He's got the zoomies. He's got the loudest toy you could possibly pick. Go. Go downstairs. You're being a little asshole. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's back. No. He's back. Arch, come on, dude. <laughs> oh my God, why is he so cute right now, though? <laughs> nope, Donna's calling him. Archie, oh. go, go. Get your toy and go. Get, go. Oh my God.
This episode brought to you by Archie needs to get the fuck out of my room. No, this episode brought to you by Pure Citrus, natural non-aerosol. Oh my god, that dog. Okay. <clears throat> it was like eight. <laughs> it was like eight days, eight thirty at night. I was lying awake and I could hear my grandpa's TV blowing Savannah. I, was... I can't with the dogs. He's attacking Pippa right now. It's, oh my god, I forgot to take my birth control. Dude, this has been the fucking worst. I keep forgetting. Everything. Hurry up. Suck it down. Let's get it done. <sighs> okay, ready? You know when I was in college, I used to have my uh, alarm as a baby crying when I would have to take birth control. It would literally be a baby screaming. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. it was trauma. People would be like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, it's time for birth control. Oh, my God. I did. I should bring it back because I forgot. I for- keep forgetting. Go ahead. Luckily, I'm not sexually active. <laughs> fuck me, right? Okay. No, but seriously, somebody. <laughs> So then, hello, who is it? Oh my oh, God, Corey, you're you're here for. We still got a few pages left, okay, so hold just on. come I'm sit finish, and I'll be our guest story audience. right now. Ready? <laughs> All right, this is our. Yeah, this is a dream, baby. <laughs> this is what I look at. This is the fucking dream. I'll tell you. <laughs> we're doing better now that you're here. Honestly, we were doing terrible. I get the inside scoop, you know. I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. bitch. Mm-hmm. 